Welcome to Exhale Bible Discovery. Each week, we'll take a deep dive into the Bible, going line by line and chapter by chapter to discover the truths that God has for us in His Word. everyone, it's Dr. Paula McDonald, and I am here to begin the first chapter of our new study in the book of John. In our last podcast, I went over the introduction, so if you want to go back and listen to that, you certainly can. So just to give you a little bit of a lesson overview of the book of John, and the first opening verses that we see serve as a prologue for the entire book. It sets the tone and the theme for this book. And so it's important to understand that each of the four Gospels present a different way that the Gospel was presented through the personality of the person who wrote it. And so Matthew, he presented Jesus as the Messiah, the fulfillment of prophecy, and the King of the Jews. That was his main theme. Mark was careful to show the main facts, stating them in simple and direct terms. The book of Luke is considered to be the Gentile historian account, and it gives the accuracy of his sources. And then John is known because he designates Jesus clearly as being with God in the beginning and stating Jesus's deity. So we see right away as we open this book of John, and I encourage you, open your Bibles and follow along with me. And right now, we're just going to focus on the very first few words. Jesus is being described. The book opens with introducing Christ and comparing him to Moses of the Old Testament. Jesus is shown to have pre-existed, that he is currently with God, and that Jesus is God. And these opening facts are the absolute basis of the entire Christian faith. The word, word, in Greek, is logos, and that means God's written word. Rema is the word being spoken into man from God, almost like the breath of God. The source of all wisdom and power who became flesh in order to reveal to mankind, to the world. What a beautiful, beautiful thing that Jesus did for us. With the relation of the word to God, to spiritual life, and to light, The Word is the source of all life, spiritual and physical. In Him was life, it says, the light of men. And the word life is used at least 36 times in this gospel. And he is talking about both moral and physical life. Light is also used quite a bit, and it refers to the righteousness of God. And we know that darkness came when Adam sinned, and the world was thrown into spiritual darkness. And so now, in our New Testament, Jesus came back to bring the light back to this earth and back to man. So the word light, in the King James Version, is mentioned 177 times. 
and in biblical illustrations, light is a privileged representation of God's grace, His glory, the Shekinah glory. And in relationship of the Word to the world after Christ's incarnation, well, John the Baptist preceded Christ in order to reveal Christ, the light, to the world. And he was brought to reveal man's sinful nature and a need for a Savior. And he was preparing the world to receive Jesus. And this life is a gift from God. And then we also know Jesus is our deliverer. He is the light of the world, and he gives light to every man who accepts him. He is full of grace and truth to those who receive and believe him, because it's a two-way beautiful street. And so we know that there are those who reject Christ and his word. He came to that which was his own, yet his own did not receive him. The reception in receiving Christ was not always good. The Jews did not accept Jesus as the Messiah. And to receive him today means to receive him into your being through the Holy Spirit, which was a gift. That Jesus is your Lord and Savior who saves you from your sins. To believe involves an action and a life that is truly changed to reflect Christ. And so the result of receiving Christ is to become a child of God, a new birth, an eternal life. And so this first section is verses 1 through 18, and I've got some applications for you to think about on these first 18 verses. So the first question is, have you gone before God to truly give Him your whole heart? And number two, in what ways are you sharing the light of the world to others? And number three, what will you do this next week to share Jesus with someone who is in darkness? Great questions to think about. And if you have a journal, I urge you to keep a journal as we go through this book of John so that you can really go back and answer some of these questions and do some reflection. So now we're going to finish up with verses 19 through 51. John records Jesus's first week in ministry from verses 19 through 28 is actually day one, where Jesus is being questioned. Day two, Jesus is described as the Lamb of God, verses 29 through 34. Day three are verses 35 through 39, and it talks about Jesus and his first calling of his two disciples. Day four, verses 40 through 42, Jesus's disciples recognize him as the Messiah. Day five, 43 through 51, Jesus calls two more disciples. Day six is quiet and nothing is recorded. The Sabbath. And day seven, chapter 2, 1 through 11, and we'll get into that in next week's lesson. So that just gives you a little bit of the breakdown of what we're going to be looking at. So first, John is a witness of Christ, and this is verses 19 through 28. And John the Baptist is grilled by the Jewish leaders. The priests and the Levites were sent to ask who he was. The religious council of that time, the Sanhedrin, 
was composed of 71 members. They had a high priest who was like the presiding officer, and then there were three classes of priests. There's the chief priest, who's a high priest in his family. There are the elders, which were considered the ordinary priests and the Levites. And then there were the teachers of the law and the Pharisees. And so teachers was a group of professional religious lawyers who were experts in the law of Moses. They knew the law. And the Pharisees are an ultra-conservative sect of about 6,000 during Jesus' time. And so John, the author of this book, references the Jews 70 times in this gospel. And he wanted to impress the role of the Jews as those who were opposing Jesus. And he's not saying all Jews. He's saying those who opposed Jesus, who were sticking to their pharisaical Jewish laws, that they could not see Jesus for who he was. They missed it. John the Baptist was actually a son of a priest. And we can see that if you go to Luke 1.5. And the Levites were descendants of the priestly tribe of Levi set forth in the Old Testament. And you can go back to Numbers 8, 5 through 26 and Numbers 17, 1 through 12 to do a little more history and digging on the Levites. And so John the Baptist answers to the questions that are posed to him. The first question in 19 through 20, who are you? And the answer, John says, John the Baptist, I am not the Christ. And then the Jews had two main beliefs regarding who the Messiah was going to be. First, they thought he was a prince from David's lineage, Micah 5.2, and that he would be this amazing supernatural spiritual being. So that's what they were looking for. The second question, are you Elijah? Found in 21. And John the Baptist says, I am not. And Elijah was Israel's greatest reformer. He did not die as he was taken up into heaven in a whirlwind. And you can find that in 2 Kings 2.11. Prophecy stated that Elijah will return to earth to prepare God's people for the Messiah's coming. You can find that in Malachi 4.5. So the third question they asked John the Baptist, are you a prophet? In verse 21. And he answered, no. They said, who are you? Give us an answer. What do you say about yourself? He answered with the words from the Isaiah, the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the desert. Make straight the way for the Lord. That's in Isaiah 40, verse 3. Then they asked him, why do you baptize? And he said, I baptize with water, but among you stands one who you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. And so imagine their shock in hearing this. Baptism with water was accepted as a repentance from sin. And so John the Baptist is telling them someone else now would be baptizing them with something else, that the water was just going to be symbolic. Man, they considered this to be extremely blasphemous. And then John then witnesses by proclaiming Jesus was the Lamb of God. And he confirmed the sign of the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove. And this clearly showed this new type of baptism by 
the Holy Spirit. And it was the confirmation of Jesus as the Savior. So you can see why John the Baptist just caused all kinds of fury and confusion among the leaders. So next, the disciples were witnesses of Christ. Andrew and John, John, who's the author of the book, they respond to Jesus's calling very early on. Both had been baptized by John the Baptist, and they trusted when they heard the Lamb of God. Jesus posed his questions to them. What did they want? And they called Jesus rabbi, which is a respected term of deep, deep honor for a teacher. Andrew responded immediately by bringing his brother Simon Peter. Philip is found by Jesus and said, follow me. And Philip finds his friend Nathaniel and tells him about Jesus. And Nathaniel was a well-versed Jew who knew the law. He went directly to Jesus himself to question him. And Jesus recognizes the honest question and then reveals very personally to Nathaniel that he knows everything about him. Kind of like the woman at the well, and we'll get to that later. But imagine discovering the person you are questioning responds by knowing intimate details about you. That could only come from God, and that was Jesus. So for this section, how do you apply these truths? Question number one, how do you answer Jesus's question of what do you want? Why are you here in this study of John? What is it you want? It's really a great question when you think about it. Number two, Have you responded to Jesus' call to follow him? And if so, how? How have you responded? What does your life represent as fruit from following Christ? And then three, who are you telling about Jesus? Because he didn't just give us all of this to keep to ourselves. He gave us him to share with the world. And it's our responsibility. So on this podcast, it's my responsibility to share what I've learned with you all. And your responsibility is to go out and share it with others. So I'd be honored if you share this podcast out with others. I'd be honored if you listen to my Live Today podcast. It's L-I-V, the number two, D-A-Y, with Dr. Paula McDonald. And we talk a lot about some very real topics as far as how to live daily for Christ, how to take care of your body. I mean, we just, we go into lots of different topics. So I do have that other podcast and I'd love for you to visit my website, drpaulamcdonald.com. There are resources. You can get both podcasts there. You can have access to my books and downloadable study guides. Those are awesome to have. So if you want to continue studying, next week we'll go into John chapter 2, and you can go to the website and download these lessons and do them before we get to that chapter. It's a great way to study the Word. But if you don't have time to do that, that's no problem. I just love studying the Word of God with you. So I'd like to close us in prayer. Father God, thank you so much for this study. Thank you for your Word. Thank you for your light. 
And thank you for bringing this word to us in a way that we can understand it and we can digest it and we can utilize it in our world and in our lives. And it's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Be sure to visit my website, drpaulamcdonald.com. Click on podcast and then exhale Bible discovery for self-study guides and resources to support you with each episode. 